independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. It is boring at times, but important. I'll try to make it entertaining and fun and explain it away. The debt ceiling. What is going on in the debt ceiling world? Today's the day, in theory, we run out of money. I've had a lot of people ask me over the last couple of days, what's the, what exactly is the, the I, I don't get the debt, like, what, what, ex- what, what? We'd like to get a debt ceiling done in this work period. So when it comes to uh, the debt ceiling, it should never be a matter of political brinksmanship. It's really up to Congress to raise the debt ceiling. Ah, the debt ceiling, the eternal Washington food fight. So what is it? And why is it so contentious? The debt ceiling is the legal limit set by Congress on how much money America can borrow. Because the U.S. spends more than it takes in, it borrows to make up the difference. That's right. Because we have a spending problem. How many times do we always have to say this? We have a spending problem. You and I. If we have a spending problem, it's on us. We don't get to go, can we raise our debt ceiling? No, 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 no. We have to go borrow. Right? We know what's coming in. Businesses, they have lines of credit. Try to keep within their means. Government, though, gets to go and vote. Imagine being able to go go and vote yourself on whether or not you want to raise the debt ceiling. Why it matters now is the you've got, as I've said, you've got three issues, which is three groups of people who aren't fans of one another in Congress. You got the president and his party, the Democrats, not fans of a lot of the Republicans, in particular. Uh, some of the the wackadoos out there and the people who I like to call celebrities, who even if they have a point that's actually right, they're so ridiculous that it's hard to take them serious. And that's that group of 20 or so who are more interested in clicks, likes, followers, and raising money than, than actually talking about some real stuff, which we should be talking about. And then you have the average run-of-the-mill group of folk that are out there that are republicans why it matters now is normally it's a show right like we argue ah we don't like each other and then at the 12th hour they get it across the line oh we we stopped us from defaulting we saved the world everybody cheers and yells and backroom deals were made and more people get together and get money and do crap uh they're gonna have a tougher time doing this at this point in time. And even though, quote unquote, in theory, run out of money today, we're not really out of money because, as usual, there's always stuff that we can do. The debt ceiling caps how much. Problem is, it's not enough. So every once in a while, Congress needs to raise it. If it doesn't, the Treasury Department won't be able to pay all the country's bills in full and on time. Now, the Treasury does have a little wiggle room before it gets to that point, what it calls extraordinary measures. But eventually, the accounting tricks run out, and there's no more avoiding the debt ceiling. That's when the fireworks usually break out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and normally, that's theatrics. The difference is, Kevin McCarthy gave up so much to a group of people because he wanted to be speaker so bad. And in giving up so much, he also put himself in a position with the people that were voting for him originally to be speaker where they're not thrilled by a lot of what is going to happen. 
So then they get to argue and fight. And it's really weird the way, again, the debt ceiling works and the way that we do things. Imagine this. You've got a credit card. And there's 20 of you that share this credit card. And it's got a $100,000 limit on it. And every one of you puts a little bit of here on, a little bit of there on, and it gets to the point where it's 100000 is how we got to raise the limit. But then they start blaming each other. But like, hold on a second. This person here put 3000 on. This person put 17000 on. But we've got to pay the – we're sharing it equally. Kind of, It is ridiculous. Instead of what we should be saying, maybe we need to cut back a little bit, tighten the belt, look around. Do we really need all of this? Do we really need to do all of that? It's about getting control, but it's too late because you've already spent that money and then some. So we have to figure out how we can get it under control and pay it off. And then while we're doing that, figure out who gets to say what we should and shouldn't spend things on. The time to negotiate is pre-debt ceiling. But sometimes you got to use the debt ceiling as a way to negotiate what's going on in the future. This is stuff we've already promised. Our debt is out of control. I mean, we're talking about over $30 trillion. Me? I get rid of the debt ceiling altogether. They're, they're difficult political times. Uh, nobody likes them, but they are necessary evils in a sense because it's the only time that you can actually negotiate ways to get our budget under control. Now, many say raising the debt ceiling is just a license to spend more money and grow the debt. But it's not really. Raising the debt ceiling just lets Treasury pay the bills America already owes. Okay. And getting rid of the debt ceiling, we could just spend willy-nilly, is insane. Even this president said, no, that's fiscally irresponsible. But it's about paying what we've already owe, what we've already promised, what we've already purchased and used. That's what this is. So that means we have to negotiate now, right? Because you do it before. Not after. It's too late. We've already done the after. We're at the after part. Let's make sure we don't get to the after part. Well, how do we do that? We start to negotiate today for the future controls over spending. There's nothing to do with any new spending. If Congress really wants to clamp down on debt, it has to do it a lot earlier, like before passing spending bills or tax cuts, both of which can add to deficits. Failing to raise the debt ceiling won't keep a lid on debt. It just risks the U.S. defaulting on its obligations, something that could forever stain America's global reputation. And we can't do that. We can't. But we can't continue to spend. And we have to address some of the elephants in the room. Right? These entitlements, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, it is massive. Takes up how much? Two-thirds? You throw the military on there, and then you're out to about 15 to 18% that's left to play around with. Nobody ever wants to give up their side. Nobody wants to come in and go, we're going to cut your budget. Nobody does. It's time, though, we rein stuff in. It's time we get control of stuff. You can look a lot of these entitlements. How much waste is in the entitlements? That's a fair question. How much money do we waste in these entitlements how much goes to waste how many agencies are copies of other agencies how many 
things can we cut by not reducing, if you will, the number of people or the services, but by reining in the waste? Let's look there. How about some accountability in some of these things? Nobody wants to get rid of their side of the stuff. We're not going to cut now when it comes to the military. We've got the rise of China. What's going on? We have what's happening with Ukraine and Russia. All of these things are taking place. But the negotiation has to start today for tomorrow. We can't default. It's not happening today, by the way. We're not going to default today. They can actually stretch it out till probably August, September. But it's the conversation and a fight that we haven't had in a long time that's going to be, yes, while very political and at times boring, at the same time, this is necessary. We have to do this. I'm about responsible spending. Which, look, all of us, we're not always responsible in our spending. Let's be real. Let's be real. But we need to start spending as if, like, if if we go to Vegas and somebody goes, here's a thousand bucks. This is for gambling and fun. That's it. It's not for anything else. Not for you to pay your bills. Not for, just this is it. You're going to treat that money exactly like that is. But if you have to go there and you have to go there and maybe you might have to gamble or you might have to, what should I do with this money? I have this money in my hand, but I should pay my bills. It's about being responsible. If it's somebody else's money, you're going to treat it way different than it's yours. And this somebody else's money is our kids' future. This somebody else's money is our grandkids' future. We need to figure out how we rein this stuff in and actually have real conversations without the fear of, oh, if you even talk about Social Security, we're going to make sure that we're going to primary you. You've got to have real conversations because people are terrified to have a real honest conversation about anything for fear of the repercussion, even if you're telling the truth. Because somebody's feelings will be hurt and then that could cost you something. That's where we are in this world. Go look at the numbers. Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. It's not sustainable anymore. Go look at the numbers. But people will drive it into the ground and have it explode as long as it's not on their watch. We need to have real conversations. And if we're not in a position to hear the truth as Americans, shame on us. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter Tweet at us, text the program, a lot of stuff to get to. Oldest person in the world has passed away. A French woman. We will talk about her. Uh, she has uh, died. But uh, just, just the interesting facts of what she saw in her lifetime, which is incredible. It really is. I find it fascinating. What's a trad wife or a trade wife? We'll talk about that as well. Uh, we've got reparations talk. We touched on it a bit yesterday and a phone call I had here at the station, uh, locally, that is everything that is racism while saying, look how kind and nice I am. Three, two, three, five, three, eight, 24, 23 at Chad Benson show. It's your Twitter tweet, text Raycon best year buds around. Love my Raycons. They are awesome. If I'm playing soccer, got my Raycons in, right? Run around kicking the ball. When I'm working out, got my Raycons in. When I'm listening to my podcast, doing some editing, whatever it is, my Raycons are in, and I love them. They don't budge. They feel comfortable. I can wear them all day. Sometimes I have them in all day. I don't even notice I have them in because you don't feel them. That's how comfortable they are. Sound quality second to none. 
easy to control the, the, the sound quality as far as do I want awareness mode? Do I want isolation mode? These things are so easy to control. Raycons are the best. About a third uh, to half a price of other premium audio brands, but you'll find nothing better. And the price point is incredible. And here's the other thing. Eight hours of talk time, 32 hours of battery life. Sign me up. How about this? Save an extra 15% and they already start under $100. Buyraycon.com slash chat. Buyraycon.com slash chat. Buyraycon.com slash chat. Chad Benson Show. If you like talk radio like Chad Benson likes his meals, you've come to the perfect place for takeout. Santos has denied the allegations, telling reporters he has no clue who this is. But a spokesperson for GoFundMe said they sought proof of the delivery of funds from the organizer back in 2016 and decided to suspend the user from using the platform. A source close to the GoFundMe situation confirming it was Santos who ran the account. Yeah, Santos uh, scumbaggery. I mean, every day. We turn around. There's a new story about this guy. And I kept telling everybody, he's Joey Zuzu. If you guys go back to the 80s and 90s and even in the early 2000s, it, 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 it rolled through. Uh, Zuzu had a guy, an actor, David Leisure was his name, and he lied about everything when it came to the Zuzus. But they were hilarious, Right. Right. You know, he goes, hi, I'm Joey Zuzu. I use my new Zuzu pickup truck to pick up a 2000 pound cheeseburger. I'm Joey Zuzu. This is new. This new Zuzu has more seats than the Astrodome. And it was always you could take my word on it. Right. You know, ah, yeah, you have my word. It was always that kind of weird thing. Hi, I'm Joey Zuzu. The Zuzu Trooper 2 can hold the entire state of Texas. That's who this guy is. But here's the other thing. All jokes aside, so you're a scumbag who looks like you stole money from a veteran whose dog was sick. You're a scumbag of epic proportions. You've lied. And we joke about, oh, there's a difference between padding your resume and nobody knows anything that you are about at all. A bigger question is how in the blank... Did we get here? And I think politics. Scumbags of the world look at politics and go, that is what I want. Scumbags of the world look at politics and say, that right there is the perfect place to do anything, to say anything, to have zero repercussions and get away with whatever. This guy lies like other politicians go, my dude, you're, you know, I mean, come on. I mean, we're just, you know, Trump would say stupid stuff. This guy's lied about every, we knew at least knew who Donald Trump was. You may not like him, right? Like, go look at, what was it last week? Biden's talking about how he was, uh, you know, he'd go from Catholic mass early in the morning, getting up at 2 a.m. or whatever. And then he'd head right over to the black church. And then from there, he'd go over and he'd study the Quran. I mean, the baloney that guy tells. But at least know who Joe Biden is. He tells fables. This guy is so full of it. But politics has gotten to the point where the worst of humanity gravitates towards. The wor- it's like a prison free-for-all. 
And each one of them, the, the Congress now is like yard in prison. Right. You got this group over here. You got that group over there. You got this group over here. That's what it is. And they head over there because they look at it as a field of gold. And hey, why not me? And you know what that prevents? The average person from getting involved because they're worried. Well, you know, I I I did this you know, 20 years ago. I said so. So they just these people have they're psychopaths. They have zero scruples. And they don't care. And it's going to only court worse and worse in the future. Oh, there's good ones out there. But a lot of good people will never run for office because it's a place they don't want to be. And it's understandable. He stole money from a vet who is trying to raise money to save his dog. What a POS are you? And Republicans, you could say it's up to him and his constituents. No, this is where you stand up and say, I don't want this guy anywhere near me. He's full of crap. He's the worst kind of person. And we're already full of bad people around here. Hold your own accountable. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. your Twitter. Tweet at us. Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Uh, Scott, we were just talking for... uh break there about the the insanity of like how did we get to this and it's i'm telling you it's the celebrity side of stuff and anthony brought up the matt gates you know first thing he 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 brought to the floor is he wants to bring the cameras back to c-span uh yeah it, it just it's 24 7 they need attention right it, it used to be you go to dc nobody if nobody knows your name that's okay the people in your town do and and whatnot now it's about being a celebrity it's autographs it's pictures with it's it's there they have become influencers which i think at the end of the day they wanted to but they've become influencers rather than influencing people on this is why this idea is the best idea they're influencers like, hey, you should buy this product or check this out or look what I'm doing with my hair. What do you think? That's what they've become. They become the worst kind of influencer. Get an OnlyFans at this point. I'm waiting for that. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter, uh, the Instagram, and all of the other things. I said earlier, a, a woman has died, and I find this to be fascinating. I'm fascinated in, in stuff like this that is uh, just, to me, it is, I, I don't even know how to explain it. If you think about the things that this individual in her life saw, she passed away. She was a French nun. 
uh, known as Sister Andre. Her name was Lucille Randon. She was 118. Now, when she was born, and by the way, she would have turned 119 in less than a month. But when she was born, Teddy Roosevelt was president of these here United States of America. The World Series had just happened. The first one. And the mode of transportation? Still horse and carriage. I mean, yeah, you could take a train. But the Model T was four years away from making its debut. That's insane. Think about what she saw in her lifetime. She not only saw the 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 mode of transportation go from the horse and buggy to the airplane to the moon to space travel that's what she that is so insane to think about like I, and I used to talk to my great grandmother uh, you know uh she passed away like 25 years ago and I used to talk to her all the time because she was born uh, you know in the early 1900s like 1901 or whatever and we would sit there and we would chat about stuff and she would tell me stories like we lived in Orange County and she would say oh when I lived here there was this was literally orange fields there was nothing else we didn't even have roads in some of these things they had actual to bring food and stuff they didn't have roads or trains or cars like that either you had a horse and buggy or they had dug canals that they would just bring the stuff you know you know 50 miles inland it was so crazy but to think about what this lady saw how amazing is that now the oldest woman in the world currently uh will turn 116 in march she is maria uh branyas maria and she is an american Man, the things those people have saw. Crazy. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the other things. We touched on it yesterday. The insanity of places like San Francisco and wokeism and, you know, the 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 crazy lunacy of, hey, we're going to give reparations. And we touched on it. Like reparations. If you guys haven't heard, San Francisco wants to do something so insane, which is reparations is what this 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 group and committee had come up with five million dollars plus this this and this including 250 years of guaranteed in how old do you think these people are gonna live to be that includes a hundred thousand dollars a year if the five million and debt forgiveness doesn't help you the first of all, it's not going to ever get implemented. I'll be the first lawyer to fight against this. This is outrageous. It's unlawful. It's unconstitutional. It's racist. We're talking about a racist program to benefit individuals who happen to be black. Five million dollars. California was a free state. Well, who's going to pay for it? Why should they get five million dollars? <laughs> because of skin color? It's insulting. It's racist. Yeah. It's insulting. It's racist. It's ridiculous. And like I said, look, California, <laughs> the thought of giving this much money away. So $5 million to who? Who gets it aside to get it? Who owns slaves? Who was a slave owner and who's, I mean, none of you were? Well, who were slaves here? Well, none of you were? Well, then who, who are we giving it to? You know, 
somebody's like, well, they gave the Jews reparations. They were alive. <laughs> okay, if there's a slave owner today out here in America, then you should pay reparations. If you were a slave, and don't come at me with, I work really hard at Starbucks. I feel like I'm a slave to the man. No, I'm serious. Then yes, reparations. California, all those years, I had no idea that you guys were, you know, a, a slavery state. I, I I didn't even know. I had no idea. Zero idea. California was not a slave state. Yes, San Francisco was not a what? slave city. Uh, Michael Medved says only about 5% of white Americans have any sort of generational connection to slavery. So why should everybody else pay? Furthermore, slavery was a Democrat institution. Why don't Democrats pay? Uh, Jim Crow was a Democrat institution. Why don't Democrats pay? Very few Republicans own slaves. Why should Republicans pay a dime? The whole thing is absolutely insulting. What's next? They're going to give California back to Mexico? Maybe. I might try. But it's insane. But so much of what the left does, I'm not talking about the average Democrat. I'm talking about the uber progressives who have a have turned racist. First of all, let's talk about the business of racism, which is huge. Well, uh, New York Times article that came out over the weekend that the diversity, equity and inclusion racket. At people's jobs is hurting productivity isn't helping anything, and in fact, what it's doing is it's making everything more divisive. And we're not even talking about the time wasted sitting there listening to the drivel. Why? It's huge money. It's CYA in yourself, right? Like with the whole sexual harassment thing. We're going to do sexual harassment trading today. And and then, you know, it, you're just you're checking a box. So when you go to get sued about something that you say, well, we did all this stuff and that, that that's that's what happens. I mean, you're checking a box. That's that's what's happening here. But it's not helping. It's not. But it makes people think that they're feeling it's a racket. It's a racket. It is a racket. It is not helping. It is hurting. Now, I'm fortunate. I don't have to go through those kind of things because it's my company and I get it. You know, I make the rules and it's, you know, basically us. So uh, and. That's one of the reasons working for a company now just is the worry. I work for a company in some ways as a contractor, but I don't have to go through the same things. I see them have to go through inclusion and bias training. And one of my buddies, who I love dearly, Pablo, I love you. He is my man. He's one of my ride or dies. Right? I got Anthony, I got Phil, and I have Pablo. When Pablo does these things, he comes out afterwards. He goes from being Fluffy the comedian to Che Guevara. And for like two days, he's angry. And I'm like, that doesn't help anybody. But it's a racket. It's a business. They've turned the ism. Hey, we're going to take this ism and throw it with capitalism so we can make money. We'll, de- we'll, 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 we'll talk about how bad everybody is so we can make equity, inclusion. It feels nice. It's fuzzy. It's, oh, so my God. It's racism, period. It's what it is. Racism is the diversity, 
equity inclusion. That's what it is. They're using racism to say you're racist. They're using racism to look over and say to somebody, because of the color of the skin, you're just not good enough. Uh, That's why we have to help you because these white people are really mean. That's what it is. Because of this ism over here, this man is a mean person, lady. It's whatever they come up with. Case in point yesterday. And I, it is... We do this little thing here. Uh, we have callers locally call in because we have uh, Kamala Harris coming out here today. She's going to uh, talk about, I don't know, she's talk about who knows. Whatever it is, it's going to be dribble. She's coming out here today. And so they come up with this little thing about, it's called Five Spot. We do it on a local show. And we ask everybody here, uh, grade Kamala's vice presidency. You know, give her, you know, uh, A through F. First two people, give her D, D minus. Uh, third guy goes, ah, you know what? Uh, incomplete because you don't really hear anything. And usually it's just goofiness. But, you know, it's just the fourth person, right, says, I'm going to give her a B plus because we have to be careful because the color of her skin and the fact that she's a woman. And I said, what you've now done is you're racist. How am I racist? I'll tell you how I'm criticizing her. Based on her actual job function and the lack of functionality she brings to the job and her competency at this point in time. You're giving her a break because you think she is inadequate based on the fact that she has breast and she's a woman of color. One of us is judging her as we should be judged based on our actions, our abilities, what we brought to something. You're judging her based on the fact that you think that, well, it's not nice to say things about people of color and women. So I can't criticize anybody that way. If it's a white guy, Biden, Trump, we can say they suck all day. But because she's a she, whatever that means, and a person of color, that's racism. You're you're basically saying she's just not good enough because of the color of the skin and because she's a woman. So to criticize her, it's not very nice. No. Here's what equality is. You suck at your job, regardless of the color of the skin, regardless of whether you're a woman or a non-binary person or a male. If you suck at your job, you suck at your job. The other way is uh, you're enabling and you're using race as a reason to be nice because you make it seem like you're feeling good and you're coming up with excuses. And that's not anything that you should be doing. That should frustrate us all. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter, your Instagram. It's all of the other things you can uh, reach out to us. Love to hear from all of you. We'll have some uh, tweets and texts coming up in a little bit. Swiss American inflation's going up. You guys know that. We got issues out there in some way, shape, or form. Some people think gold's going to go to, well, through the roof, potentially. And now's a good time to own some coins. Ooh, coins, you say, Chad. Yes, coins. Uh, Why not? Uh, Swiss America is great at what they do, and the way that they handle stuff is awesome. They've been around for well over 40-plus years. They've got a great rating. 
they 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 take care of their people. And right now, you have an opportunity to to it really enjoy some of the neat things that they have when it comes to things like their coins. And they've got tons of different ones. You can go to SwissAmerica.com and check out all the coins they have, uh, gold coin, silver bullion. Right now, twelve fifty for the Liberty Half Dollar right now, and it is awesome. And you can go there, and just for being, yes, kids, my... My listener, they're going to hook you up big time. 1250, limit 250. You can uh, text or call 800-289-2646. 800-289-2646. They'll deliver it straight to you. It is incredible to look at. $12.50. It's always nice to balance it, if you will, with something like gold and silver. Check it out right now. Call 800-289-2646. 800-289-2646. Chad Benson, Joe. Podcasts are American as hot dogs, apple pie, football, and sushi. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, my goodness. No. Okay, maybe not sushi. Next time you have a craving for something sweet and tangy, download a Chad Benson Show podcast. Mm, boy. That is good. It's different because you get a little bit of saltiness. Uh, it's so good because it's sweet and salty at the same time. Get a taste on iTunes, iHeart, or Spotify and binge to your ears content. Oh, yeah. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. Do you play instruments? Barely. Do you know how to work a soundboard? No. I have no technical ability. And I know nothing about music. <laughs> you must know something. Well, I know what I like and what I don't like. And I'm, I'm decisive about what I like and what I don't like. So what are you being paid for? The confidence that I have in my taste and my ability to express what I feel has proven helpful for artists. That right there is Rick Rubin, arguably the best producer in the world, very much like Phil Spector outside of the murder and craziness of of the world. But it is so interesting. And I love what he says here. And he was almost uh, 60 Minutes the other day with uh, Anderson Cooper. Uh, he doesn't play any instruments, barely. He says, I don't know how to, you know, I mean, I, I have mixing boards all over the place. And I do, I, he's like, I don't know how to work those things. But I love what this is what he talks about here when he talks about it's his taste. I know what works and what doesn't work. He's produced for Johnny Cash, Jay-Z and Adele. He certainly doesn't look like a record executive. I'm here with the live room. And as we found out, Rick Rubin doesn't think like one either. The audience comes last. How can that be? Well, the audience doesn't know what they want. The audience only knows what's come before. Isn't the whole music business built around trying to figure out what somebody likes? Maybe for someone else it is, but it's not for me. I love what he said there. The audience comes last. Why? Because they don't know what they want. They hear something and they like it, then they want it. And, but somebody had to come up with that. So many people try to replicate because it's easier to do. Don't the people that make waves in the world, the people that are innovators, the people that are disruptors are the people who go, I know what's going to work and it's not being done. And then they go and do it. And then everybody does what? They copycat. it. This guy's a disruptor. 
I'm not going to copy what everybody else has done. I know what works. What works is what I like, what I think is going to be hit, the sound that's different than what's being sounded uh, here out there, but yet has the same kind of motion that's going to get people interested. And that is so much of, of that's how, that's what, that's what geniuses do. They find solutions that nobody else sees. And everybody else just kind of goes along with, well, this is what always goes and this is what kind of works. That's why you want to know why entertainment sucks. It's because everybody's afraid to take a chance and do something different. So they just go with what works because nobody wants to take that chance. Audience comes last, not because the audience lasts, but they come last because I'm going to tell them and show them the things that I think are awesome and that'll work. And trust me, if it didn't, he wouldn't be around. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Ah, hello, everyone. The battle is about to begin. You know, it's funny. We have, uh, we're going to talk about later, the slap fight thing that debuted. If you've not seen that, that's where they slap somebody and then the other person gets to slap you and you can't flinch. And it, it's it, that's what's going to happen now in Congress <laughs> over the debt. Over the debt ceiling, Chad, they're going to slap each other. Kind of. Kind of. Because of the debt ceiling, a little bit. Kind of, sort of, maybe a little bit. What will happen? We'll find out. You got Republicans versus Republicans, and then Democrats are in there. Will there be cut, cutting and spending? Are we defaulting on everything? I mean, this is the, the chaos that is... It, 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 that is going on, and then you've got the people that are celebrities, and we've talked about the celebrity side of things. They care singularly about themselves, raising money, not because they want to do good for the people, but because they want to be a part of having cameras around them all day, being interviewed all day, feeling important all day, uh, Instagram, Twitter, those kind of things. You know this. I am not going to vote to default on the debt of the United States of America. Even though I didn't run it up, I'm not going to do it. I have a fiduciary obligation to the American people. I'm a senator. I've tried to rise above it, but I'm a senator. And I'm going to fulfill my fiduciary obligation. I am not going to vote to default on the debt of the United States of America. That right there is our buddy, uh, the one and only. John Kennedy from Louisiana. Now, what is the debt ceiling? I'm going to break it down for you. I'm going to keep it simple, stupid. This is not about what we're spending in the future, if you will. This is debt we've already 
accrued. We've accrued this, and we're we're as we've accrued this, we've promised to pay this back, and now the bill is coming. But we have done what we normally do, which is we've spent way too much money, and we haven't taken in enough. So we have to go and we have to vote to raise the limit so we can cover the cost of this. But this is also the time you start the negotiation of how do we bring the debt level down? The amount of interest we're paying is becoming insane. Like, it's so insane. It's the kind of thing where, like, you borrow money from a guy in an alley, and then three weeks later, it's like, you said you was going to pay this back, and the clock is running. I'm just letting you know, if you don't, Sooner or later, we're going to come and visit you and your grandmother. That's the kind of insanity, the amount of debt that that we've accrued here. So to raise the limit, we're just paying on the stuff we've promised to already pay for because we've purchased it. We've used it, if you will. So we've got to pay for it. Now we start to actually get to the brass tax of this as the kids would say in the old days this is how we skin a cat what first of all weird i don't why would you do that but we're going to get to the point now where this is where your negotiating comes in so we have to raise this because we don't want to default on our debt now there's stuff they can do they'll push it out a little bit uh they can they can push it out till oh we can push it out till spring you can during extraordinary measures push it all the way out to August-ish, September. The conversation needs to be, how do we cut spending and bring it in line with what we're bringing in so we don't have to talk about raising the debt limit, of which, if we do it this time, which eventually we will, that's just me saying that, although it may get ugly because you got the likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene. And look, even though many of them are all about themselves and as i would like to say uh well i was going to say that but i don't know if we can get away with this on uh radio uh let's just say that they are attention hounds not everything they say is ridiculous but we need to have accountability in our spending we're going to send something to the Senate to make it to Joe Biden's desk to be signed. And we want to make sure that we have things in there that we have to have. I, for right. one, will not sign a clean bill raising the debt limit. Understandable. But and this is how negotiations begin, because this isn't about we've already spent this money. This is money we've promised. This money's been spent. We've spent it. We've 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 allocated. This is we're, we're borrowing money, and our rates are already not very good. And we need to get this under control. But that means having a conversation about oh I don't know the entitlements. Not that we need to get rid of them, because when I hear people say that, that's insane. But that we need to fix them. They need to be more self sufficient in some ways. We need to cut cost. Where we know there's waste, not throw people out on the street, kick grandma down the street, off the off the curb, grab her and then throw her off a mountain as some people have it. No, no, no. What we need is where are we wasting money? Military. We're not cutting. Per se. 
and getting rid of stuff, but do we need to buy stuff that we no longer use because we signed a contract long ago or we are continuing to take this? Where can we say to ourselves, guys, we don't need these things that sit over here that we're never going to use. And we don't need to buy 14 million more of these. Where can we say we can cut in a responsible way and at the same time not cut services and not make our country less safe? Things that need to be talked about. I think it's about 15 to 18% is the other stuff. The rest is all entitlements. We've got to do better. But the negotiation starts today for making sure we get our spending in line with what we're bringing in. And unlike other times when they'd celebrate each other and cheer each other on and, oh, my God, we just we saved ourselves and we don't have to close the government and we did a great job. And when you find out you spent more money and you've no, no, unlike that, this is a real chance to have maybe some meaningful conversation about getting our spending under control and spending wisely which as we all know we're not great at even us individuals let alone the government 323-538-2423 at chad benson show your twitter your instagram yesterday microsoft like say they laid off a bunch of people people are oh my god is the world coming to an end Eh." no it's not And it's a lot of what we've been saying about some of the hiring in some of these tech areas. A lot of what's happening here is these big tech companies have been going on a hiring spree. This was accelerated by the pandemic when there was this so-called digital transformation, a lot of people moving their lives online, moving their work online, and they had to make up for this increased demand by hiring on more workers. Now those companies coming back down to earth a little bit. As one tech analyst put it to me, the clock has struck midnight here on this hyper growth stage for these big tech companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they overhired. They overhired as people were talking about two weeks ago. The guy from Salesforce said, look, uh, we went out and during a time where we, you know, we were looking at stock prices, we were looking at the growth that we were having and where we, you know, it looks like maybe everybody's only going to be working on doing these things. We went out and we hired way too many people. Now, if they would have cut 50,000, 100,000, this is what business does. Business cuts when they need to cut because that's what you have to do. Some businesses are ridiculous in their cutting. We all know that. But smart businesses go, we overhired. We're not going, okay, we we overhired by 100, but let's fire 500 people. That's not smart. We overhired by 100. We're going to get rid of 100. Government, you can learn something from this. You could. Why? Because it's their money. They have to be fiscally responsible with their money. And when you're fiscally responsible for your money, you're going to treat it different than somebody else's money or found money. You find 100 bucks on the floor at a casino, uh, you're going to gamble a little bit different if it's, than it's your 100 bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Especially if you're living on that line of just getting by. 
323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the things, a little what's trending straight ahead. Uh, hockey players said, no, I'm not going to wear that pride thing. And wait till you hear what, what Canadian insane asshat journalist said, which is just, you know, for sure the dumbest thing ever. And the, remember that homeless uh, uh, situation in San Francisco? A guy squirted the hose at the old lady. Uh, guess who got arrested? If you said the old lady who screams and yells and poops in the street, you'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. Talk about that. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. That's your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the things. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Go to Rough Greens right now. Get a free bag of Rough Greens. Uh, vitamins, minerals, probiotics, uh, omega-3. You know, animals are, we love our animals. You know, I love my animals. You probably love your animals. In fact, a good friend of mine here at the radio station yesterday had to put his dog down. A dog that his wife has had since she was 18 and uh, it was very tough for them, extremely tough. Like, you, you see the pictures of them doing all kinds of stuff. It, it, we should have put Doodle down a few years ago. We started giving him Rough Greens, and Rough Greens has helped him. It's just a supplement that goes on top of his food. It's a little change that's gone a long way. Energy, happiness. Uh, you know, at some point, yeah, you know, Doodle should probably not be as old as he is because he probably shouldn't be here. But he is. And he eats, and he's got more energy than he's ever had, and he's lost. He feels... Great. And I always say, you know, it'll be time when he no longer wants to eat anymore. He's the first one in line and he is bouncier and happier and healthier. And that is amazing. And it's all because of Rough Greens. We didn't change anything else. Right now, I want you to try a bag for free. Dr. Dennis Black's going to send it out to you. It's got all these amazing things. Don't change anything. Just sprinkle this on top of your dog's food and watch what happens. It will definitely, you'll see a change, a marked improvement in energy, especially if they're a little bit older, maybe a hip pain and, and stuff. You watch what happens. Try it for free. RUFFgreens.com slash Chad. You cover the cost of shipping. They send you a bag for free. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Chad Benson Show. You stink like fear and white male privilege to me. I do often out myself verbally as a gender. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm proud to be a gender. Are you so bitch? Are you kidding me? Not a great way to use your white privilege. Some people get it. Some people don't. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Einstein, James Dean, Davey Crockett, Peter Pan, Elvis Presley, Disneyland, Princess Grace, Katie Grace, Trouble in the Suez. Norway, Oman, Pakistan, Qatar, Russia, Suriname. What's trending? Let's find out what's trending. Ah, Chad, your voice. Dulce set tones. Uh, let's start in the world of Twitter. Scream 6 trending. Why, well, I believe the uh, full-length trailer is out today. National Popcorn Day. Oh, Captain Kangaroo. Captain Kangaroo? Why is he trending? Did he do something? Did he do something culturally inappropriate? <laughs> Probably. Other people out there. Who the hell's Captain Kangaroo? Jamie Dimon's trending. Why? Because he's over there in Davos. Live Golf, the uh, the the renegade rogue golf tour, has a new home. Uh, they have not 
been able to find a partnership on television until today. Uh, they signed a, a, a deal with the CW, which a lot of people are looking at. The CW, yeah, yeah, but they, they're, they're going to be on the CW now. So uh, that's very, very, very interesting there. Uh, Messi and Ronaldo are trending. 2.6 million is trending. Why is that? Because today may be the final time that Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo face each other on a soccer field. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Messi plays for uh, Paris Saint-Germain, and uh, they are taking on the all the Saudi Arabian soccer all-stars or something. And somebody spent $2.6 million on tickets to see potentially the final game. Now, it's not just a set of tickets. You get to go down into the dressing room and stuff. But it's still, that's a lot of money. I'm just going to say that. That's a lot of money. Other things trending uh, over at Google. Julian Sands, who is an actor, a room with a view, a bunch of other stuff, is uh, missing. Nobody knows where he's at. He's disappeared. Bank of America says they had a problem with Zelle transactions. It's fixed now. Carol Baskins, remember her? She killed her husband? Or is he alive? Apparently he's alive and people have known about it for a while. Uh, and he went to Costa Rica or something. He would be 84 if he were alive today. He was declared legally dead in 2002. But uh, her of the Tiger King fame, that's why he's in prison, because he hired somebody kind of sort of to kill her. Uh, and he kind of sort of went to jail. As you should, old Joe Exotic. But there were rumors for years that she killed her husband, her first husband, and fed him to the lions and tigers and such. Oh, my. <gasps> Crazy. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. Your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the other things. Coming up. NHL hockey player refuses to wear uh, a pride jersey. And some people are pissed and angry about it. Talk a bit about that. That homeless man in New York, uh, San Francisco who squirted that lady. Uh, he was arrested. San Francisco, between reparations, poop maps, needles everywhere, people in the tenderloin saying, I'm no longer going to pay taxes because I, y you arrest that guy? Talk about that as well. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter. Plus, a young boy uh, makes an astounding uh, catch. And it's a fishing story you can tell without having to embellish. Touch on that as well. Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. San Francisco is crazy. I said this yesterday when I was talking to uh, one of my friends that works here. She and her husband went to San Francisco about three years ago. 
And she's like, I'll never go back. And I said, I get it. I'll never go. I, I get I get you'll never go back. It's disgusting. It's vile. She goes, there's poop everywhere. There's just homeless people. And, and she goes, it breaks my heart because it's the city that I, I, I just, it, it's my favorite city. And I could, it's, it's just, mm. and she went to Seattle like a year later and she goes, I can't do that anymore either. And I said, I know I was in San Francisco like three years ago. It smelled like piss. That's all it smelled like. It just smelled like stale, stinky, gross urine and, and feet. It was gross. A couple weeks ago, last week, the, 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 the uh, I guess it was, the video got out. And uh, you guys might remember this. A guy's out there and he's got a hose and he's arguing with the lady. She's sitting between like a trash can and a tree. And he's got a hose and it's in front of his art gallery slash apartment, whatever. And he's telling her to move on, and he squirts her, and oh my god, it caused a bunch of crazy chaos. Uh, and and you know, again, was it the right thing to do? No, no. Was it the worst thing ever? No. Was this as much San Francisco's fault as anybody's? One hundred percent. Collier Gwynn, the gallery owner who sprayed down this homeless individual earlier this month was arrested Wednesday after San Francisco District Attorney Brooke Jenkins issued a misdemeanor battery arrest warrant, saying on Twitter, the alleged battery of an unhoused member of our community is completely unacceptable. I thought it was really disturbing. I think it's not okay to, like, no matter how bothered you are in any given situation, I think it's not okay to, like, spray water at someone. Alex Sakiyama lives in the area and is familiar with the person sprayed, often hearing her scream at night. She was often, like, naked or, like, you know, out kind of sleeping here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she was, like, was it that she, she, she would stay around here, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know that it was, like, bad enough to, like, attack her. Okay, let's settle down. She got squirted. It was stupid. It was ignorant. Uh, look, there's not, look, it was frustrating. But let's, let's, let's back this up for a second. San Francisco, you've allowed this to happen. You've enabled people in, 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 uh, under the guise of, of compassion and caring to destroy your city, whether it be because they have mental illness and you just are okay with it, whether it be crime sprees because you feel that anything that you prosecute somebody for stealing would be racist and wrong, or whether it be the absolute insanity of allowing people to do whatever they want with drugs. And you've enabled this. And frustration levels with people are up to here with it. Up to here. And then here, and then here, and then you have to get on a ladder. And it goes higher and higher and higher. The look wasn't great. He knows that. But you arrest him. And I was telling the guys, this is San Francisco in a nutshell. If I'm walking down the street and I have a dog in San Francisco and it craps on the street and I don't pick it up, people will give me the dirty look and how dare you. If a person sits and squats next to my dog and takes a crap, people will just go, hmm. That guy's like, I don't know if it was really bad enough. If that lady would have thrown a brick through their window and crapped in front of that guy, nothing would have happened to her. She got squirted with a hose. If it was a guy being squirted by a woman who in the homeless versus, you know, same situation, but it was a woman squirting a man, would we look at it in a different way? Oh. 
That's a very good question, isn't it? We spoke with Gwen right after the incident, who at first did not apologize. I find it hard to apologize when we've had no help on this situation. But then, days later, did offer remorse for what he had done. I'm deeply apologetic and abhorred when I watch that video. While many have had feelings of outrage watching this video. I was shocked. Um, definitely disappointed. We have a problem, but that's not the way to solve it. Some, though, told us there are major problems on the streets. While outside of Collier Gwynn's gallery, a man who appeared to be intoxicated set up outside the door. And that guy, by the way, looks like he's pissing on the door. But that's okay. You're fine to do that. But yet it was cold and she said she was moving. There are tons of people in the article and the, I mean, the, the sounds we play that said, no, she was, look, this lady was belligerent. She said a lot of things. She did a lot of things. That one guy's like, well, I guess it wasn't that bad. Having people naked and screaming in the streets, where else does this happen that we're like, oh, this is okay. It's not that bad. Go outside of your work today, strip naked and scream at people. Tell me, what do you think's going to happen to you? In San Francisco, apparently they'll cheer you on. Some in the area say the situation built up to this. It got messy. She was messy. And there was food all over the sidewalk. She made a big mess and she screamed a lot. And we could hear it, you know, in the building. It was really, it was tough. She needs help. That woman needs help. Collier Gwynn was booked here at the San Francisco jail at 537 Wednesday night. We have reached out to him and his family, but have not heard back. No. And again, he, he expressed remorse looking at it. He thought, oh, again, that's probably a stupid thing. But why did we get to this point? Do you think if they would have come any of the 25 times that he had called them and tried to address this, do you think they'd be in a situation like that? No. But everybody's going to pay attention. I can't believe because he's horrible, because he's mean, because he's evil. No, enough. Enough. When is enough enough? The amount of money that we talk about waste, you know, today, the government dad has hit the all time. Oh, my God, well, it's never going to be fixed scenario and blah, 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 blah. How much money is wasted? Governments across the country, local level, state level, national level, the federal, they waste so much money. We were talking, was it $61,000 per tent they spent? For a, for a program in, in San Francisco, $61,000. You can buy some help with that. You could buy a lot of drugs with that. If your goal is to let them get high and eventually die on the sidewalk, well, then give them sixty-one grand. See how long that goes. You'll probably save money. <gasps> no, your empathy, your, your, your caring is cruelty. Tenderloin, what did they say this week? We're, 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 we're talking about maybe not paying taxes anymore. We're going to do everything we can not to pay our city taxes and, and state taxes. We don't feel we're getting the services. You know, you have to almost fist fight people to get into your house that you bought, right? And we were going over the numbers. What was it? 520 square foot house. And I use the word house at loosely. Uh, you know, studio apartment going for $800,000, two bedroom, two bath condo 
with partial view going for $1.7 million if you can stand the smell, the stink, and the vile stuff going on outside, it'll be great inside. Lost the plot. We have lost the plot. And it is sad to say that we're in a position where we can't have an honest conversation in this country about maybe we need to take a different approach to to homelessness and to a lot of this other stuff. But because so much of this world now is based on touchy-feely, and people suppressing their actual thoughts about something will continue to get situations where it's okay to crap in the streets and steal stuff and throw things through windows and disrupt people. Uh, But if you squirt them with a hose, you may go to jail. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. A fish story that is amazing. Talk a bit about that coming up, including... The largest fish ever caught on a rod and reel. It wasn't this kid, but this kid's got a story. Absolutely. Bullwork. Oh, my buddy's over at Bullwork. Next week, 26th, week from today, free live webinar. Talk to my buddy Zach Abraham. He's the chief investment officer over there. They're going to show you what the core of their investment strategy is when it comes to your retirement planning process in protecting your portfolio against loss and giving you upside potential. That is their number one focus. They're fully transparent. In their webinar, they're going to show you their investment strategy, what their strategy has done in 2022 and previous years as well, plus why the 60-40 bond Mix is outdated, risky, especially in the inflationary world that we live in. So you're going to learn all about their risk management strategy, how to protect your environment, and check out their portfolio performances. This is what I want you to do. Attend their free live webinar. It's about a half an hour. It's next week. and ask questions. You're going to get a full look into everything they do. Space is limited. Sign up now. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. That's knowyourriskradio.com, K-N-O-W, yourriskradio.com. Sign up today. Investment, uh, investment advisory services offered through Trek Financial, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. At Chad Benson Show, your Twitter, your Instagram, the fish story of fish stories for this young kid. What's on that hook? Wait till you hear this story straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. Welcome to Tribal Free Radio. Information over affirmation. Facts over fiction. It's ridiculous, and I want you to know that. You call it ridiculous, we call it reality. That's a crock. Real over fake. God help us. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. The Chad Benson Show. Fighting truth decay the American way. The rules are pretty simple. Open hand only. Don't hit the temple, ear, neck, or nose. Basically, you stand there across a barrel from each other, and you take turns hitting each other. (laughs) For the one being slapped, no flinching. Here's your wind-up. Michael Okuma got into competitive slapping about a year ago. I came across my feed one day. I was sucked in by it. A show debuting tonight on TBS features 30 athletes hoping to slap their way to the first title fight in the history of this little-known sport. It's a little-known sport. Now, here's the funny thing. A little-known sport here. They've been doing it in Europe. That says a lot about everything you need to know uh, for quite a while, but it debuted last night. And if you've never seen it, it is crazy. 
So it used to be a barrel. It's not a barrel anymore. They've got it. They've you know they're trying to professionalize it up. And this is something, if I'm correct, that uh, uh, Dana uh, White is involved with. But they slap the fuck out of each other, and men and women women do it as well. And they hit to the point where it's so hard it knocks people out. And you're thinking to yourself. Boy, what the hell is wrong with us? Think about this for a second. NFL, we love the game. What are the things that we're worried about in the NFL? Yes, we saw what took place with Tamar Hamlin. Uh, he is looks like he's going to be fine. And I continue to say if there's no structural damage and this was a one-off because it was a hit scenario, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him back out on the field next year. That being said, the end of the day, we are saying to ourselves, man, these concussions are ferocious. These concussions. How? I mean, it doesn't matter what you do with your helmet and all these things. We can, we can clean the game up. We're worried about the mental health of these individuals. One of the reasons that people look at UFC and say it's a brutal sport. It is. But so much of the UFC isn't about knockouts. It's about takedowns. It's a little bit different. They call it human cockfighting. I get it. But. It's a little bit different because there isn't as many blows continuously to the head. This is all of that. And it is ferocious. And they got a referee, which I find to get very weird. And they have announcers. What do you think he's going to do here, Steve? Uh, uh, Jim, uh, uh, slap him. That's, 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 that's good insight. So you think he's going to slap him? Yeah, because it's a slap fight. <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't think you're allowed to, to, to leverage yourself, but they just reach over and they slap. It's nuts. That's where we are, people. That's where we are in this world of wackiness and insanity that slap fights are the rage. Oh, my God. Imagine this. You're a child. You're going fishing. You're 12 years old. You're out there, and I think it was Massachusetts, looking at the car. Now we're in a yacht. We're in a boat, and we're out floating around, and we're, and we're, and we're fishing. We're going to go catch some fish. 12-year-old Keenan Campbell. He did something. He caught a fish. That's great. He's fishing. What kind of fish? Well, we'll find out. Oh, my God. Put the rod down. You guys got a giant great white. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Keenan family has quite the tale to tell. Visiting Fort Lauderdale from Massachusetts, they decided to go fishing. Campbell Keenan loves to fish. Well, it was a pretty slow day. We were just catching some bait fish. And then... All of a sudden, something big bit their line. When he first started reeling it in and took out drag, I was like, this thing going to pull me in? Because I was just scared. Yeah. A great white shark. Oh, my Lord. People are like, oh, what are you going to do? First of all, when you catch a great white shark, understand this, whether it's in a net or unless it's an actual shark net meant to protect and, and to keep out, or it's on a rod and reel, they are a protected species, so they, you cannot just take them out and we're going to take – no, it's none of that stuff. And you don't need to do that anymore. You don't. The reality is, is we got enough pictures, this, that, and the other, and you're not going to go home and eat the great white shark. But imagine catching that. You're 12 years old. You're out, I, We caught some bait fish, you know, and next thing you know, bam! How long? 
Campbell, just 12 years old, sat and continued to fight. It took a while. It took 45 minutes or an hour to catch it. We were going to fight until the fight was over, you know. Just so happened it was a great white. Guys, I've been doing right this since right 2003. It's only yeah. the second one of these I've ever caught. The fisherman reeling it in to take the line out of its mouth, then to measure and then tag it. Uh, 130 inches long. It was about 450 pounds. And uh, absolutely beautiful female. Yeah. Beautiful female, but a shock nonetheless. So what do you do, again, when you catch a shock? We're going to let her go. She's still pretty lively. They tagged her so experts can study her migration patterns. There she goes, guys. There she goes. Feels very accomplishing. I mean, like, the biggest fish that I ever caught before this was a 25-inch striper. This is a 130-inch great white shark. Happened to be a great white. It was an awesome experience. Yep, fantastic. By the way, the biggest shark or fish ever caught on a rod and reel was caught by a, name, by a man named Frank Mundus. Kids, write this down. A little bit of history, wackiness, and fun because we do all of that here. It's not just about seriousness. Frank Mundus, born in New Jersey in 1925, died in 2008 at age 82, was the inspiration for Quint in the movie Jaws. What did he do? Well, Mundus started what he called monster fishing with boats leaving the port of Montauk. Mundus himself had a reputation of catching big, great white sharks. Well, in 1986, he and Donnie Braddock caught a 3,427-pound great white shark 28 miles off Montauk. And what is incredible is it was a rod and reel. Oh, yeah. Rod and reel. Think about that. That kid took him how long to get that thing in? This guy caught it on a rod and reel, 3,427 pounds, 17 feet long. Oh, my Lord. But that kid's got a story for life. And when he said, no, the fish was literally this big and could eat anything, he wasn't lying. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show's your Twitter. You missed the show. Grab the podcast. It's the Chad Benson Show. This is The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Oldest person on earth dies. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Plus, what's a trad wife? (laughs) What's a trad wife? The debt ceiling, though. The fight of all fights. Now, let's go back, and we've had these fights before. We're going to close the government's going to shut down, but 95% of you have to stay and work and do your job, and you'll get your back pay. Oh, my goodness. And and we hear all the wacky stuff that goes on with this, and these things are always fake, and then everybody comes together and like, we saved the day because we raised the debt ceiling. And, you know, you hear all the baloney, you know, the, from the shutdowns to the debt ceiling, and we're running out of money. All of those things are political show. It's theater, sir. It's theater. Yes, of course, I must go entertain the people. That being said, this isn't one of those times. I do believe we have an issue here. And uh, let me say ego plays a huge part of this. 
the celebrity plays a huge part in this. How many people will see my fight against the 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 GOP rhinos and 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 how many of 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 these people will see my fight against uh, Biden and will help put money in my coffers and at the same time raise my Q score, raise my Twitter followers, my Insta followers, or Insta this Instagram. Those things are very real and at play here. And there's also, sadly, no talk of the fact that we have to actually talk about uh, how much waste in government and also how much overspending on entitlements that we do. Entitlements that are going bankrupt that we're not taking care of in the right way. And no matter how much money we pour into some of these things, it will never be enough until we have accountability when it comes to the books. So for those of you who don't know what debt ceiling is, ladies and gentlemen, a little bit of explanation. We'd like to get a debt ceiling done in this work period. So when it comes to uh, the debt ceiling, it should never be a matter of political brinksmanship. It's really up to Congress to raise the debt ceiling. Ah, the debt ceiling, the eternal Washington food fight. So what is it? And why is it so contentious? The debt ceiling is the legal limit set by Congress on how much money America can borrow. Because the U.S. spends more than it takes in, it borrows to make up the difference. Ah, see. So we know how much we're going to take in, in theory. So we know we have to have a cushion. So we have to borrow some of that money. And think about this if you're a, a business, right? You have to borrow a certain amount of money. A lot of people live off credit lines in businesses because you're out there 30, 60, 90 days. But your limit, you know what your limit is? Because they give you a limit on what it is. So you're trying to control that limit. So for us, we look and go, okay, we're going to spend more than we take in because that's who we are. So, But we've promised that we're going to spend all of this. We've already told everybody, our, we've sold the bonds. We've sold the stuff. We've got to deliver these things, this money we've purchased. We've done all. So we've got to borrow above what we have to cover the difference. The debt ceiling caps how much. Problem is, it's not enough. So every once in a while, Congress needs to raise it. If it doesn't, the Treasury Department won't be able to pay all the country's bills in full and on time. Now, the Treasury does have a little wiggle room before it gets to that point, what it calls extraordinary measures. But eventually, the accounting tricks run out and there's no more avoiding the debt ceiling. That's when the fireworks usually break out. And uh, there's going to be some fireworks because, like I said, we've got that Freedom Caucus group of people. And I and I look, the spending is out of control. It is. Go look at what our spending is when it comes to just entitlements. Those those things, you know, Social Security, Medicare, uh, uh, Medicaid, those things. Right. Go look at how much that is. Those are off the table. Right. Off the table. Ukraine, Russia, China, military spending up. We're not probably getting rid of that. That leaves about 15 to 18% of other stuff that we could touch. Oh, we've got to rein some of this stuff in. 
doesn't matter how much we bring in because we promise so much. We bought so much. We have to pay for it. The food is already cooked. It's on the plate in front of us. And we found out we ordered more than we have in our pocket. So we better figure out how we're going to pay for it. And by the way, we're going to have to eat it all. Our debt is out of control. I mean, we're talking about over $30 trillion. Me, I get rid of the debt ceiling altogether. They're, they're difficult political times. Uh, nobody likes them, but they are necessary evils in a sense because it's the only time that you can actually negotiate ways to get our budget under control. Now, many say raising the debt ceiling is just a license to spend more money and grow the debt. But it's not really. Raising the debt ceiling just lets Treasury pay the bills America already owes. Yes, some ways that's true. But if we raise the debt ceiling in perpetuity, just say we're going to get rid of it, right? Then we'll find ways to fill it, right? Like nobody goes, you know what? I've got my credit cards, you know, maxed out, but they're going to give me an extra $5,000. I'm not going to spend any of that money. I'm going to be wise. No, if they continue to give you all that you want, because we have a issue here where everybody wants their little bit. So imagine having a credit card, right? And there's 20 of you that have a credit card, but it's, it's the same card. So it's all the same credit card. And you're paying little bits and pieces on it, but you're charging little bits and pieces on it. Now, I didn't charge, uh, you know, we got a $100,000 limit, you know, and there's 20 of us. That's only five grand a piece. But I didn't charge, you know, 100000 I only charged 9000 He charged 8000 She charged 12000 He over there charged fifteen. Now, we didn't charge 100 But what ends up happening is, well, if they raise it again, we'll continue to do what we've always done. Until eventually we can no longer do it. So nobody sees it as I've only taken a little bit, so it's not a big deal. But when you add it all up, it becomes a big deal. There's nothing to do with any new spending. If Congress really wants to clamp down on debt, it has to do it a lot earlier, like before passing spending bills or tax cuts, both of which can add to deficits. Failing to raise the debt ceiling won't keep a lid on debt. It just risks the U.S. defaulting on its obligations, something that could forever stain America's global reputation. And that's why we unfortunately have to raise it. But what she said there was absolutely right. This is this is the time to start the fight about the debt ceiling. I mean, about the spending, not the debt ceiling. You don't... But you start the fight and the conversation here. You start the fight of, hey, you know what? Fine. I'm going to give into this, but here's the deal. And if I'm McCarthy, I make it absolutely 100% because he's got an issue here. This dude's got an issue. And the issue is this. If he he knows now, it only takes one of them to go, yeah, we, we, we have a uh, an issue here with our speaker. We'd like to get rid of him. So he's trying to, he's given in so much to one group and promised them so much. The other group is not going to go along with that. But the want for the speakership, this is where if you've got political acumen and some capital, you better start to use it now. But you start the conversation about spending. But nobody's going to touch the places that need to have that conversation talked about. Entitlements. I mean, think about the waste we have with those entitlements. 
I'm not talking about the actual spending of the money in the right way. I'm talking about the waste and the, and, and the insanity of the way that we spend it and multiple agencies that do the same thing. Think about those things. Nobody's going to touch those things because why would you? It's until it's in your problem, you don't care. The minute it becomes your problem and your agency's under threat, then you're going to freak out as you would. Are we going to have to raise the debt ceiling? Yeah, because we can't default because defaulting means it's going to, first of all, it's going to ruin our credit. Secondly, and this is important, you're not, this is already money that's been, been that, that we've promised that it, it's going to be, it's going to be paid at some point in time. Hurting our credit hurts our interest rate, essentially, just go with this kind of thing. And even it's simple, stupid, which means potentially down the road, it costs us even more. We need to figure out once we get a handle on this and we get this done, how do we cut? Where do we cut? And where? And again, cutting doesn't mean eliminating millions of jobs. It doesn't mean throwing poor people out. And not. It means actually having accountability for the money that is spent in the areas that it's spent. If we look over here, we find out, hey, we gave you guys a billion dollars. You spent $650 million, And then at the end of the year, out of fear for your budget, you went over and you bought a bunch of crap that you didn't need that won't be used. Why don't we get rid of that military budget? Why we sign a contract with something that today seems like a good idea? Five years from now, we're still buying stuff that sits inside of a hangar somewhere that will never be used. It's about being smart. And that's something that government lacks. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. What do you mean they're not smart? They're not smart because it's not their money. If I gave you 500 bucks and told you to gamble crazy wild and it it doesn't matter if you win it or lose, keep whatever happens to you, you're going to gamble and do something more freely as if it was your own money. You'd be like, hell no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to gamble that some people would, but but the average person, no, they'll look at this and go, no, 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 no. If it's, you know, if I take you to Vegas and I go, look, let's go. We're here to have fun. Here's 500 bucks. Go have fun. Here's a thousand bucks. Go gamble. Right. And that, that money's meant for fun and for gambling. And you do stuff like that. You're going to go spend that money and you win, you lose whatever. It's not a big deal because it is not your money. But if you have an issue where you're living on that edge and you go to Vegas and you, you, you know, cause you're there for something and everybody wants you to go out to gamble and you, you, much different issue, right? Oh yeah. Found money, not my money. All of those things are much different when it actually has to be responsibility and accountability. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson shows your Twitter tweet at us. Text the program. Love hearing from every single one of you. Yes, Doodle's still alive. Stop asking me. I'm sending pictures. We got a new bag of Rough Greens uh, coming. It's got new logos and cool stuff. So Doodle, the uh, the face of now Rough Greens, uh, it's an older face, you might say. He's gonna. We're going to do a little photo shoot with him. You guys are going to love it. But vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369, all this incredible stuff, this supplement that goes on top of your dog's food that is awesome and all you do get the bag open it sprinkle it on top of your dog's food voila watch what happens energy level through the roof digestive problems you watch how that goes this is the thing for me and my older dog doodle who i love aches pains that he struggled with he doesn't have those anymore he doesn't lash out when you try to get near him and pat him because it hurts no he's got energy he's got 
all of the stuff that he didn't have. And he's approaching 15 years old, which is amazing. I didn't think he'd get it past 11 or 12 because he was in so much pain. Thank you, Rough Greens. Try a bag for free. Don't change anything. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Get a bag free right now. Cover the cost of shipping. RoughGreens.com slash Chad. RoughGreens.com slash Chad. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. Chad Benson Show. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. A lot of what's happening here is these big tech companies have been going on a hiring spree. This was accelerated by the pandemic when there was this so-called digital transformation. A lot of people moving their lives online, moving their work online. And they had to make up for this increased demand by hiring on more workers. Now those companies coming back down to earth a little bit. As one tech analyst put it to me, the clock has struck midnight here on this hyper growth stage for these big tech companies. Yeah. What have we been saying? Uh, Salesforce guy came out uh, last week or the week before last when they laid off a bunch of people. We overhired. We overhired. And the look, the tech industry way overhired when they became overvalued, overinflated, especially during COVID. Times changed. We need these things. And so they go and, and they they hire X amount of people forecasting where things may go in the next six months to year to, to 24 months. And and now they're looking back and, you know, Microsoft lays off 10,000 people. That's about four and a half, five percent of their staff. It is not a blow like you would think. But it also is signaling there's a cooling down in some areas, and some of the people, as they as they as they are talking about, look, these people they they're not hurting and they're going to be fine. We are still adding jobs. Two hundred thousand jobs were added to the workforce as of December. That was across industries: healthcare, retail, manufacturing. We saw more job gains, and a lot of businesses are still struggling. In fact, to find enough workers. Some of what could be happening with tech is that a lot of those workers are high skilled. So when they get laid off. They can find other jobs really quickly. So they might actually never show up in the unemployment data. Yeah. There's nothing to worry about for some of these people. For some of them, uh, it might be a little bit tougher. Uh, there are, you know, uh, you know, knowing that what we do with our other company and, and my uncle and I and uh, uh, some of the people that we search for, let me tell you something, finding some of them is virtually impossible because they have to pick of whatever it is that they want to do. And they're not, you know, they're not hurting. But also a lot of the jobs we're adding or the jobs that are out there and available are also jobs that some people just don't, that's not what they want to do anymore. Right. And in particular, inside the marketplace of, let's say, let's just say, look at a sector. We'll go to the food and beverage sector, right? The, the hospitality sector. They're hurting in a major way. Trying to, to to staff up is is nuts. One of my favorite little restaurants just closed by us. They were only open for about a year and a half, two years. And I love their pizza. It was awesome. And they cited two things. One, the rising cost of, of getting all of the stuff that they needed. Right? So the cheese and, and, and the sauce and all of the things that they needed – uh, was becoming more and more expensive. And the other thing, and this was a big one, they said, but the, the thing that hurt the most, couldn't find workers. They just couldn't find enough workers to 
to make it worthwhile because they couldn't keep up with the demand that was coming in, even no matter what they were offering. They couldn't keep up with the demand that was coming in, so they couldn't turn a profit over. Because they couldn't just, they couldn't, they couldn't produce enough pizzas, even though there was a demand there, because people were getting frustrated. And I got frustrated a couple times there too. And it's sad. It's a sad situation. Uh, so those jobs are not being filled. But a lot of these big tech jobs, they'll be filled like that. Those guys will go out tomorrow, gals, and they'll find a job in a heartbeat. They probably already had 10 jobs. Offers. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Oldest woman on the planet has passed away. What? Yeah. Man, a French woman. It's always a French woman, of course. By the way, 85% of... Uh, the uh, what they essentially call you know centra, uh, centenarians that's people who made it to 100 85% are women a phenomenon that's not well understood super uh, centenarians those 110 or above are exceptionally rare with only point zero point one percent of people who hit the 100 year milestone live past their 110th birthday here's something interesting though 5,000 people or above the age of 100 U.S. demographics, right? So, I mean, roughly one in 5,000 people. So, one in 5,000 people, which you're thinking, that's that's a decent amount of people. If you start to look at the the overall numbers of how many people are here, you know, you're thinking to yourself, okay, so that would be what? Maybe 75-ish thousand people are 100 years old? Doubled since 1990 but the oldest person in the world was a french nun she passed away yesterday lucille rondon also known as sister andre passed away of natural causes in the city of toulon she was born are you ready for this teddy roosevelt was the president a year after baseball celebrated its first world series and four years before this crazy thing called the model t she would have been 119 on february 11th the oldest person in the world now is Maria Branes Moreo or uh, Maria. She's 115 and she's an American. Oh, wow. How about apples that are those apples? Think about the stuff that that lady saw. Horse and carriage, the moon. People, she saw horse and carriage as a mode of transportation throughout the city with trains being, oh, this is great, of course, because she was French, to the point where within 60 plus years, there would be a human being walking on the moon. That's that's nuts. Three two three five three eight twenty four twenty three at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. This is nuts. Speaking of nuts, and it comes from the nuttiest place in the world, San Francisco. We touched on it a brief briefly yesterday. The insanity of reparations in what they want to do in San Francisco is nuts. Five million dollars per person over the age of eighteen. Okay, it gets better than this. 
On top of that, they're going to wipe out your debt. And on top of that, they're also going to give people who still fall in the category of low income $97,000 a year as a guaranteed income. It is stupid. It is ridiculous. It is nuts. Uh, And by the way, most people, most black people think it's ridiculous. But this is San Francisco. It's never going to ever happen. It's never going to ever come to fruition. Uh, it's, it's, it's nuts. This is Leo Terrell talking about the insanity. The first of all, it's not going to ever get implemented. I'll be the first lawyer to fight against this. This is outrageous. It's unlawful. It's unconstitutional. It's racist. We're talking about a racist program to benefit individuals who happen to be black. Five million dollars. California was a free state. Who's going to pay for it? Why should they get five million dollars because of skin color? It's insulting. It's racist. Yeah, Leo Terrell there. Uh, uh, he is, uh, you know, he is now a Republican, but for a very long time, he was uh, he was a Democrat. And here's the guy who's going, this is the absolute most insane thing that you can think of. And he's black. How can that be? Speaking of somebody's black, uh, Larry Elders. You know, reparations is the extraction of money from people who are never slave owners to be given to people who were never slaves. What I want to know is, do I get the five million on top of the 233,000 that Gavin Newsom's task force already said that we get? And this business about supplementing income for the next 250 years, where did that come from? America wasn't a country until 1789. <laughs> uh, slavery ended in 1865. That's 76 years. So that's kind of fuzzy math. Yeah, that guaranteed $97,000. That's if the $5 million in all of your debt forgiven. This is insanity. And you know what? It's not real. It's, it's In theory, it makes people feel good. And so much of liberal ideology is feeling good. I talked about it earlier, and, I, and, I, and I'll talk about it again over and over. I have friends who are uber liberals, but they're also logical. While they live in a world of fuzzy math and, and unicorns and fluffiness, they're also logical. They're not cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Was never a slave state. You want to give how much for what? What are you talking about? It's crazy because it's about race and and, and it is it is just it's it's as Spock would say, it's illogical. California was not a slave state. San Francisco was not a slave city. Uh, Michael Medved says only about 5% of white Americans have any sort of generational connection to slavery. So why should everybody else pay? Furthermore, slavery was a Democrat institution. Why don't Democrats pay? Uh, Jim Crow was a Democrat institution. Why don't Democrats pay? Very few Republicans own slaves. Why should Republicans pay a dime? The whole thing is absolutely insulting. What's next? They're going to give California back to Mexico? Don't let the truth get in the way of a fuzzy story. I mean, George Santos. I mean, it's uh, it's just the reality. It's all about fuzz. It's all about kindness. It's all about the feels. Oh, my God, the feels. And race is a great card to play because it's a business. There's a great article in the New York Times, and we touched on it briefly, I think, Monday uh, or Tuesday, but talking about like all the stuff that is going on with your company and the 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 insanity of having to sit there when I and when everybody asks me about woke culture and this that and we joke about it. Think about the was it diversity, equity, and inclusion, the DEI BS that's going on, and you having to sit there and 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 I see it here. Now I am a very weird way. I I work for a local company, but I'm not actually their employee. 
So I do a local show, but it, these these are my businesses. So I don't have the diversity, uh, uh, you know, uh, equity inclusion. And, uh, you know, it's just because there's me. <laughs> right. But the this thing comes out, right? Uh, this uh, several studies, but this article comes out in The New York Times, which the last I checked, I'm looking liberalish. I'm, I'm thinking got some liberal leanings. What is it saying? Hey, this doesn't help you. None of these things help you. Because race, racism is a business, just like capitalism, right? You know, you look at capitalism. Well, you can throw that, you know, put that in the, the isms that, you know, it's a business. And they've looked and said, how can we turn racism and use capitalistic ways to profit? And that's what they've done. So all of you who sit there and do these diversity, you know, equity and inclusion, you know what they found out? It doesn't help. It hurts. It makes people uncomfortable. Well, it should. No, no. It makes everybody uncomfortable. It starts to pit co-workers against one another. It hurts production. It does things that you think, oh, this should help. No, it does the exact opposite of that. On top of the fact that not only is it not productive and it doesn't help, and it then starts to fracture, it also is a time succubus. Because the left lives in a world where they want to look at you and say, you're black. So somehow your life is awful based on white people and the experience of the past. And so for that, I must treat you in a much different way where uh, that's ridiculous. Case in point yesterday on my local show, we were we we have this thing called five spot. People call in and uh, uh, they we ask him a question about something and uh, my, my on-air partner uh, get us coming up with this idea. The idea was what we have the vice president here today in uh Tonopah, a little town outside of Phoenix about some renewable energy or something. So the, the grade her job as vice president. And this guy calls in and says, I'm going to give her a B because she's a woman and she's black. So I've got to cut her some slack. And I said, that's racism right there, people. That's what racism looks like. Racism is that you looked at her and said, you're a woman and you're a woman of color. So therefore you're inferior. I have to grade on a curve. I look at her and say, you're not good at your job, regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of what gender you are. You're not doing a good damn job. That's what equality is because you're black or you're trans or you're gay or you're a female or whatever doesn't mean that you get a pass in being criticized. You should be celebrated regardless of all of those things and criticized if it is warranted regardless of those things. 323-538-2423 at Chad Menton Show. Your Twitter, Raycon, best earbuds around. You love your Raycons. Get your Raycons now. Get your Raycons now. Why? They're amazing. I wear mine every single day. Golfing? Yeah, I'm playing a lot of golf. Pickleball, playing a ton of it. They don't fall out of my ears. Eight hours of talk time. 32 hours of battery life. The best earbuds I have ever worn. The sound quality, the amazing way they stay in my ears, and I can keep them in all day with my awareness mode, hear everything around me, and with my isolation mode when I need to, hyper-focus, and they never fall out. Put them to the test? Absolutely. Cost? Well under 100 bucks. About a third 
to a half of what other premium audio brands, they start under 100 bucks. I'm going to save you 15% right now. Go to buyraycon.com slash Chad to save. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. What's a trad wife? We'll talk about it straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show, where we reach across the aisle and occasionally poke someone in the eye. Oh, we love mocking middle America, don't we, New York? Don't we? They're so stupid, aren't they? They also growl your food, don't they, you little f***ers, don't they? You little soft-handed liberal scum. You'd bleed if you looked at a shovel, you little cunts, wouldn't you? You don't do a single useful thing for the planet, you little Fuckers, isn't that true? You'd die in a day without Republicans, wouldn't you? Yeah. You can't eat a podcast, can you? Yeah. There's no protein in slam poetry, is there? Yeah. That's what I hate about New York. They think people think they're so tough here. It's so annoying. They're like, you can make it in New York. You can make it anywhere. Nah, you'd die in a day on my uncle's farm, man. <laughs> oh. Guy makes me laugh. I don't know who he is. Some, he he is. I, <laughs> he he. I think he's very liberal, but he is very honest about that. That's what I love. I have friends who are really liberal, and I mean very liberal, progressively liberal. If you saw their their instas, and if you saw their their you know that's the kids saying for Instagram. If you saw their their uh, uh, you know their Facebook and their tweets and stuff. Oh my God! Uh, the reality is the hilarity to me is though they're very much grounded in reality because as much as they're liberal and they're touchy feely and they think things like that, they're also very real. And yeah, I know the world is a dangerous, horrible place. And I know that bad things happen and that, you know, but it's, it's just, it makes me laugh. And that right there is a perfect example. You die in an hour on my uncle's farm. Yeah. People out there, you would. I love those out, you fish out of water movies. How many of them? At least one or two a year. Where some muckety-muck New Yorker has to go to wherever falls Minnesota and chop wood. And, oh, my God, they don't have the Internet. It's, it's hilarious. But, again, we're, we're, we're one America and united in so many ways. And in other ways, we're uh, just it's, – it's a foreign language that we speak. <laughs> An espresso machine? What's that? And this is funny. Because, uh, and, and I say that jokingly about just how different we are. The, the, I said there are new words this year you got to watch out. Uh, look out for. You're going to see them. Nepo Babies, which is the celebrity kids whose names are, then it could be, they're using it with celebrities mostly, right? Jamie Lee Curtis throws a fit because she's a Nepo baby. Why? Well, her, you know, obviously her mother and father, right? So uh, you go and look at, uh, you know, all these other celebrity kids who are, in the business and 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 famous and they're called nepo babies and oh the other one is trade wife or trad wife which is traditional wives which are getting hammered and 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 people are pushing back on them and then a lot of other people are going no i kind of like this that 50s era in some ways is what they're going back to classic nostalgia you know what i'll take care of the kids 
and the House, which is a job, by the way, and you... Uh, you take, uh, you know, you go out and earn money and, and it's kind of become a thing. And because of the internet, it's become a fad. Oh, it is. So what exactly is a trad wife? The term trad wife or traditional wife refers to a collective of modern housewives who are becoming increasingly vocal online about their choice to stay at home and make caring, cooking and cleaning for their family their priority. Trad wives take pride in keeping house and submitting to their husbands and often call upon the recall of the 1950s as the great era of the housewife. Oh, it's a trad wife. Oh, my goodness me. That's evil. It's bad. It's oh, is it? Is it? And, and, you know, I touched on it earlier, but if you miss it, grab the podcast. Uh, my wife, she stays home. Uh, and that is that's if she wants to get a job, she can get a job. But, you know, she wants to she it is a career that she's, you know, she's always wanted. She's never been in that position before. And we're blessed. And so she can stay at home. But, you know, here's something uh, being a trad wife or being a stay at home parent or whatever. Here's the reality of a lot of stuff. You're, it doesn't matter if you're a, you know, a doctor or a you know, stay at home trad wife, your career is with you now 24 seven. And that includes the children and, and stuff. This is what people are choosing to do the way in many ways it used to be done. Uh, and then it became out of, you know, fashion because you were, you know, doing what you were giving in to you know, your, your man, your husband, your partner, and they were dominating over you and they held that. It is ridiculous that people look down on on these women, uh, and it's it's insane. It is. It's insane. But the funny is that women who look down upon them are young, young women. The women in their 30s and 40s are like, ah, I wish I could do that. Great. Not because it's easy, but just because they look around and go, maybe this all isn't what it was cracked up to be. But we live in a world where people wouldn't normally say that because it makes everybody feel uncomfortable. Iron your husband's shirts might just be the next frontier for feminism. Not like I saw that movement. I thought, oh, that's what I want to do because I always wanted to be a housewife. In terms of the traditional housewife tra- trad wife hashtag, that was the way I felt connected with other like-minded women. Mm. Yeah, when I met my husband, it was just a pattern that we fell into naturally in our relationship. Yeah. So, you know, uh, again, if you, it's, it's interesting. It, uh, like I said, my wife, she wanted to go out tomorrow and get a job. Uh, she absolutely could. But at the same time, she's got a job. And let me tell you something. My, uh, uh, my stepdaughters, they're a job. My daughter, they're all my daughters. But my daughter, <laughs> my four-year-old Charlie, she's a full-time job every day. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, texting the program. Uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. You guys have a blessed rest of your day. Fun show today. We'll do it again tomorrow. I promise you that. Oh, thank goodness. I see you over there. You know who you are. Friday. Night, night, Jack. This is the Chad Benson Show.